and made it to 2022 praise. Come on, thank Him for His goodness. I'm also thankful, Father, we give You the praise and the glory in advance for everything You're going to do this year. Amazing. So good. It is good to be in the house. You can take your seats. You can spin around. It is so good to be with you in 2022. Hope you had a good um, New Year's. I hope you had a good Christmas. Um, I'm super pumped to be able to bring the Word tonight and, and super honoured. Um, and I really believe that, um, yeah, more than just a, a message or a sermon, I really believe tonight that God wanted me to, to give you a proclamation and a declaration over your year. And so I really encourage you tonight to lean in. I believe God wants to set some stuff right in us as we kick off and as we launch um, into 2022, which I'm excited about. Has anybody already failed their New Year's resolution? Like, just be honest, if you've already failed your resolution. I'm be honest, I, I think what I've done is I make the same resolution every year, I've realised. And then I look, has anyone else done that? And I look back and I'm like, I've actually already made that like a couple of years ago, but I'm a little bit better at it now. Um, and, and my one, honestly, at the moment is, is fast food. Because when lockdowns hit, I really want to get some Mackeys, I really want to get some food. Can anyone relate? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think this kind of dawned upon me when I, uh, I went to, to go buy Mackeys one day and I said, hey, how's your day going? Because I always make a point. I want to be a Christian. I want to ask how the day's going. And when I asked him how their day was, he said, man, you always ask us that when you come here. It's so nice. And I drove away and I was, I was like, oh, that's God, you're using me to reach Mackey's employees. Like, God, you're so good. But like, I thought about it and I was like, wait, he said, you always say that when you come here. And I was like, I, I like flipped and I was like, maybe I go here way too much. And <laughs> so that's my resolution for this year. So please pray for me. Um, it would be appreciated. Maybe, I hope it's not my resolution next year, um, but we'll see what happens anyway. Anything could happen in 2022. But um, but I'm the kind of person, even, this is like off topic, but I, like when they start remembering your face and they start remembering your name, I'm like, I need to distance myself straight away. I don't know if I have commitment issues, but like I need to go to a different coffee shop. <laughs> so good. But are you ready for the word tonight? So good. I'm pumped for 2022. I, like I said, I feel like God has put a word on my heart for tonight and for a lot of people and I, I encourage you to lean in. I love, love, love this theme of pursuit. Um, I think pursuit is it's something that's come from Pastor Mark and Pastor Lee's heart our amazing senior pastors. And I love this theme because I couldn't think of a better theme to start the year with. To seek, the Bible says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all else will be added to you. And I couldn't think of a better theme to kick off this year with of pursuit. Um, to actually pursue the things of God, to pursue the character of God, to pursue the nature of God first and foremost. And you know, the, the longer I've walked with Jesus, what I've found is it's almost like the less, the less pursuits that I've actually had in my life. It's almost like this less is more concept where, where I used to pray, oh God, please help me in this area and bless me with this and give me this. But the more I think you get to know Jesus, the more you realise and enhance what He's already done for you. And you recognise that it's not just about the pursuit that we have for God, but I'm so thankful and aren't you so thankful that before we ever pursued God, He stepped down from heaven and He pursued us. And I believe when we live from that place, we can pursue God with everything that we have. And um, there's this kind of idea that goes around. Sometimes people will say, um, oh, He's like a new Christian. So he's super passionate about God right now. He's, he's like psyched on life. He's super passionate. And I get what they're saying because it's all new and it's, it's all fresh. But, but I actually, when I look at the Bible, I don't see this idea that you're supposed to like plateau at some point in your walk with God. I, I don't find that in the Bible anywhere. In fact, that the heroes of the faith that I see, they didn't just um, spark up their faith in a moment, but actually what happened was throughout their life every day, they said, I'm gonna lay down my life for the gospel. I'm gonna lay down my life for God. And I wanna encourage you not to plateau in 2022. I wanna know Jesus more tomorrow than I did today. And I wanna know Him more next week than I did this week. It's about our pursuits. It's about how we pursue Him and we recognise that He's pursued us first. And so I love this theme and I'm really excited to get into it. I wanna open up the Word, uh, which is a good place to start. And I wanna open up to the book of Exodus, chapter three, verse seven to 14. If you have your Bible, you can open it up. 
And um, this, this is kind of recounting um, just briefly the story of Moses' encounter with um, God at the burning bush. And if you've anyone seen Prince of Egypt, it's the best movie ever, hands down. And if you've seen the movie, you probably you saw this animated, but, but let's just tune into what God has to say. Because even though it's a familiar story, I believe God has something fresh to say. Exodus 3. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people in Egypt who are in, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Man, can I just stop right there and tell you tonight that no matter what your previous year looked like, God knows your sorrows. And that encourages me greatly that God hears our prayers and He hears our cries. That He actually isn't unaware or distant, but He, he knows your sorrows, church. It says this, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. I'm out of breath. <laughs> now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. My message tonight, I wanna to speak to you about getting your hope back. I wanna to speak to you about getting your hope back tonight. That's my message title. And um, we live in a world that says things like, um, don't get your hopes up. We live in a world that I think hope, um, the way we use it in our day-to-day -day life is actually very um, unbiblical and different to the way that hope is used in the Bible. In fact, what I find in our lives is, is we say um, hope, it's kind of like we say it as a throwaway word now. Like you didn't study for your exam, so you say, I hope I pass it. Or you, you feel like um, you're just like, I really hope I win the lottery. <laughs> and, and it's like this throwaway word that we kind of just attach to things when we don't really think it's gonna happen. And even though that's the way the world probably uses hope and even the way sometimes we use hope as human beings, that's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is actually not just something that we use as a throwaway, but biblical hope is not passive. Biblical hope is actually active. It's something that you, you cling to and you hold fast to, that when your hope is in God, you actually are unshakable. And when you have a hope in God, it completely changes your life. When you, have, when you have hope, in fact, when you're in a place of despair or in a place where you don't have any hope, it actually affects every single area of your life, whether you realise it or not. When you have no hope or when you have little hope, what happens is it affects your prayer life. It affects the way that you step out in faith. It affects you believing God for things. It affects your relationships. When your hope begins to be dwarfed, the things around you, we begin to enthrone our problems. We begin to enthrone our dysfunctions. We begin to enthrone areas of our life while we simultaneously, we dethrone God. And losing your hope is not like losing your wallet. <laughs> if you've ever had that moment where you lose your wallet or your keys or your phone, and you like have that moment where you, you do the check, you know the check? It's not like losing it, it's, like it's, an, it's a sudden thing. But often when you lose your hope, it's something that happens gradually. It's a, it's a gradual thing that takes place. That, that maybe even if you're honest, at the start of 2021, last year you were like, God, I'm so expectant. I've got so much faith for this year. I'm ready to be used by you. I'm ready to have a blessed year. I'm ready to live my best life. 
And then all of a sudden, before you can finish declaring those things over your life, all of a sudden financial breakthrough hits. Or, or we find life happens and, and all hell breaks loose and, and family situations break out in our world. And, and, and people uh, turn against us and people betray us. And, and, and we think that we, we had all this hope. <laughs> but gradually as things happen and as life happens, you get to the end of the year and you're just like, I hope that it ends soon because this is too much. <laughs> and so we let our hope begin to waver and our hope begin to, to droop to the point where our hope is wilted and we don't have an expectancy anymore. And we don't have a hope anymore. But, but I believe God wanted me to tell you tonight that even though through earth's lens, it might look like you have every reason to not have hope, through heaven's lens, you have every reason to have hope. And that's not because of your goodness, can I tell you. <laughs> You're not that good. <laughs> and that's encouraging because that's not why we should have hope, it's because of our goodness. It's because of the goodness of the God that we serve. That's where our hope has to be, be, be placed in. And I believe God is saying to some people tonight, I believe it's not by accident that you're here, but He wanted to say to some people tonight, not just to get your hopes up, not just a hope that's in different outcomes or different things that may happen in your life, but I believe He's saying, get your hope back, your hope back in Him. And I believe as you started to declare in faith that God, you can get your hope back. I wanna tell you tonight, no matter how far gone you may feel, or no matter what area of life you've been through in the previous year, we need to stop consulting our past to dictate our future. We need to consult our God before we dictate our future. And we need to be in a place where we, we say, my past does not dictate where I'm going. In fact, the best way to repeat the past is if you look at it. If you look at the past all the time and that's all you see, often that's exactly what you repeat. And so I wanna encourage you tonight not to consult your past as you step into 2022, to consult your God, to consult His goodness. His goodness will always outweigh, I don't know if this is a word, but our badness <laughs> or the world's badness or life's badness. I believe God's saying to some people to get your hope back. And what you gotta understand about this scripture that I just read is, is we, we kind of know the story. We know Moses is a great leader and um, he, he changes the world. He splits the Red Sea. He's, he's that guy, right? But before he was that guy, in the passage that I just read, I wanna propose to you tonight that he was actually uh, a man who was out of hope. He was actually a man who, if, if I had a guess, it'd be that he was pretty low on hope in his life. He may even say that he was bankrupt in the area of, of hoping for more from God. Not only was Moses in that place, because you gotta understand Moses was born as a Israelite, but he was raised as an Egyptian. And so I, I believe for Moses, he had a constant battle of, of who he belonged to, of where he should have been. And if that didn't make him feel lonely enough, what also happened was um, in, in an attempt to defend the Israelite people, he killed an Egyptian when he was a young man. And when he did that, he was exiled from the place he grew up in, he was exiled from his home. And at the place that God is speaking to him right now in this scripture we read, in this moment, He's speaking to a man who's been tending sheep for 40 years. For 40 years of his life, he's tending sheep. He's done nothing significant. Not only was Moses, I believe, out of hope, but the nation of Israel was definitely out of hope. Because the nation of Israel were in slavery. I don't know if you knew this, but they were in slavery to Egypt for over 400 years. Over 400 years. That's longer than Australia has been a nation. And that's such a long time that, that they would have asked their, their parents or their grandparents, hey, what was freedom like? And they literally wouldn't be able to tell them. It, it was a distant thought, it was a different memory. In fact, I believe their cultural identity would have been, have been reformed to that of a slave mentality. And so Israel is in a place of hopelessness. I can hear the people of Israel saying, okay, it, it's been a hundred years we've been enslaved, but, but we remember freedom, we remember what, um, what God had for us in the past and we're gonna believe for a deliverer. And then nothing happened. And, and then maybe at the 200 year mark, they were like, we believe you God that you're gonna set us free. We've been in this place for 200 years, but, but then nothing happened. 
And at the 300 year mark, and I, and I believe somewhere maybe around the 400 year mark, they just flat out said, we're just gonna be stuck this way forever. We're gonna be stuck and this is just life and this is just it for us. And what we see taking place in the nation of Israel at a, at a national level and in Moses' life on an individual level is something that can happen in our lives. I believe what happened was their spiritual posture began to be that that was defeated and that that was wilted. And I don't know if you know this, but I think I have pretty good posture. I'm just saying, I think people are judging me now. I have pretty good posture, I think. Um, but in the world we live in, apparently like posture is really important. We have really bad posture apparently in the 21st century because we sit down a lot. Apparently when you're sitting down all day, like it hurts your back and it hurts your neck. And, and I don't know, I think I, I try to maintain pretty good posture. But what happens when you have bad posture, it's never, similar to hope, it's never an instant thing. You don't wake up with bad posture one day, but it, it comes from sleeping habits, it comes from sitting down habits, it comes from, from lifestyle stuff. And so gradually, even though you might've walked in this one, one day, you had like a, a great posture and you were ready to face the world, you had no back problems. Then gradually, as you, as you work a nine to five or as you, as you sit down too much, your, your posture begins to fall down and you start to kind of walk like this. Anyone know someone that walks like this? And so we start to walk like that in our physical posture. What happens when your physical posture is bad is that you might get neck pain, but it's crazy. I don't know what they call it. Is it podiatrist, uh, occupational optometrist? No, that's, that's for eyes. But, but when, you, when you have like a neck, uh, a neck jarring or something like that, I'm just using lingo. I don't even know what it is. So you can, don't, don't quote me on this. This is not in the Bible, so I'm not supposed to know this. Um, but but um, if you have like a neck, a neck pain, it could be because you have a back pain that's actually causing it. And if you have a back pain or a shoulder pain, it could be because the way that you're sleeping with your neck or the way you're sleeping with your head. And it's like all connected, right? You, are you with me? Okay. It's, it's all connected. <laughs> but what happens over time is that similar to hope, your, your posture starts to go down and you start to get lulled into this place where you, you have bad posture and you've got to be pretty intentional to fix it. And, and, and I don't know, maybe you walked into this place with, um, with great physical posture but if you were honest with yourself, off the back of 2021, if you're really honest, your spiritual posture, if we could see that, it would be defeated. And your posture communicates that, that if we were really honest, your, your physical posture may be great, but your spiritual posture might be similar to that of Moses and the nation of Israel, where it's kind of like you, your, your head is down and your shoulders are hunched forward. And just like physical posture, there are areas that flare up on your back and things like that. I believe when your hope and your spiritual posture is down, there are pains that begin to break out in your life and you can't figure out why. But it's because if you draw it back, if you trace it back, it's because you haven't broken the cycle of not having hope and believing God again for more. And just like spiritual posture, in fact, physical, um, physical pain and, and posture problems, it often happens when you're inactive. And I believe the same is also true spiritually that when you're spiritually inactive, you begin to get complacent and you begin, to, you, you begin to wilt and your posture begins to change. And when you once believed God for, for great things and had your hope and your eyes set on Him, your posture starts to go down. Not only from that, but it's also from, from bad habits and, and, and bad places that you, you sit in or, or things that you do in your day-to-day -day life. It's lifestyle, a lot of it. But I believe that just like uh, a podiat podiatrist, I'm, I'm just going with it, they can fix your back problems. I believe the Spirit of God can fit, oh, podiatrist's foot, is that right? Okay, cool, <laughs> so good, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. But, um, so probably research that, hey, but, um, but just like a physical uh, posture can be fixed through those things, <laughs> spiritual posture can be fixed through the presence of God and through fixing your eyes on God. And it comes when you consult, not your past, but it comes when you consult God's character and God's nature. And I'm, I'm proposing you in 2021, I believe no matter what your year previously looked like, 
No matter what your spiritual posture began to be like, maybe, maybe you walked for a while and you had great spiritual posture, but through time and disappointments and through setbacks, you began to, began to lose that posture and you're experiencing hopelessness and you're experiencing despair. And I wanna propose to you tonight that even though that's how you may feel, there is a greater hope and there is a deeper hope in the name that is of Jesus. And if you fix your eyes on His name and on His hope, there is a healing that can begin to take place in our spiritual posture that'll change the way that you live your life. It's how we walk, it's how we carry ourselves in faith. And life has a way if, of beating you down. In fact, if you've been alive for probably any period of time in this room, you would know that life's not perfect and it has a way of coming against you and throwing things against you in your world. And that's what happened to Moses. That's what happened to Israel on a national level, as well as Moses on an individual level. Maybe it's not your hope so much, but it's your passion that you've lost. And, and just like I said before, we're supposed to progress and accelerate in our relationship with God. But maybe if you're really honest, your, your passion with God hasn't really been there. And, and you started out believing God for great things. God, I believe you can do amazing things. I believe you wanna use me. But then you prayed a bunch of times and, and you tried to invite that person to church and all these different things and, and nothing happened. And so you, you began to get a defeated posture. Or maybe, maybe it was like, God is a healer. He is a healing God. I believe that with every fibre of my being. But then somebody that you know or somebody that you love gets sick and they're still not healed yet. And that's real. And your, your spiritual posture, your hope begins to, Again, it's not like losing your wallet, but your hope begins to droop and your hope begins to go down. Or like, like here's one, God, I, I know you can set us free of sin. I know that's a real thing, but, but like I was praying for a long time to get free of this and I'm still struggling with the very same thing. And so your, your hope begins to droop and you kind of just go, well, this is, this is the way it is. This is all it's gonna be. And God's response to Moses really astounds me. God's response in His presence when He encounters them is, is, is crazy because Moses says this. He says, um, he says this, he says, who am I that I should go and free Israel from Egypt? Because Egypt is like the superpower of the day. And God's response, at a glance, it literally looks like God ignores him. <laughs> he, says, he says, who am I that I should free your people from the Egyptians? And God says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And it's like, God, you kind of ducked the question. Like you didn't, like, if I was Moses, I would have asked again, like, 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 who am I that I should? But I don't think that was by accident on God's part. I think that was actually very deliberate. Because what I believe God was doing was that He was redirecting God, uh, Moses' attention from His own goodness and abilities to God's goodness and the hope that He should place in Him. And that was a revelation that Moses needed to sustain him where he was going. He, he started to get his hope back when God began to encounter him in that way. And what happens so often in our life is when we, when we find ourselves in a place of hopelessness or despair, the reason that it's so hard to get out of that place, regardless of what life has thrown at you or what you may feel, is because we repeat and we rehearse and we speak out negativity. And we start to say things like, well, and even if it's not um, verbally, we start to say things like, well, this is always how it's gonna be and this is just it for me and, and God's kind of done using me in big ways, I guess, I guess. I mean, I tried this and I tried that and I guess I'm always gonna struggle with this. And, and, and we start to speak defeated. And when you speak in defeat, you can't expect to be living in a place of victory and a spiritual posture of triumph. When you begin to speak out defeat. Did you know tonight that your words have weight? The Bible goes as far as to say that your words have life and death in them. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. And what that tells me 
is there are times in your life where you may feel despair or hopelessness, but you cannot wait for feelings of hope to rise up. But I believe as you begin to confess in 2022 that God is for you, not so much looking at what's against you. I believe as you start to confess that hope will begin to rise up again. As you begin to confess and say, God, I'm getting my hope back this year. I'm getting my audacity back this year. I'm getting my faith back that you can do immeasurably far above what I ask, what I think or what I imagine. We start to get our hope back. The Spirit of God wants you to know you can get your hope back tonight. You can get your passion back tonight. You can get your audacity back to believe for more. And what we do so many times, we consult our past. And we look back and it's like, it's like God, what we do is we look at our past through the lens of our failures. Or we look at our past through the lens of the things that have come against us. And it's like, it's like God, like, how are you saying have hope again? Because I just went through a really hard season and, and, and it feels like no one knows what I'm going through right now. God, how am I supposed to get my hope back? Because at this point in my life, this happened, but then in 2021, this also happened and I messed up big time. And I hurt a lot of people. And so we map out our failures and we map out our defeats and we map out our dysfunctions. But before you map out your previous, your past and your previous year in your failures or in the things that came against you, I wanna challenge you tonight. Would you, begin to, would you begin to look through the lens, not of your failures, but of God's faithfulness. Because the fact that you're standing in church right now today tells me that there is still hope on the inside of you. And it tells me that God still has a hope for you. In fact, if you began to look not through the lens of defeat, but through the lens of the victory that God has and said stuff like, you know, I, I, I was here, but I, I felt like giving up, but God got me through it. And I was here and I messed up big time, but God forgave me. And if the same God who got me that, way, that far is the same God who can get me this far, then I can have hope and I can believe again. I believe God's saying this and people you need to get your hope back. You need to get your faith back again. God wants to use you this year. I feel like preaching. <laughs> he wants you to get your faith back and your hope back. And the other part of that scripture that I love is that God says this to Moses. He says, I am who I am. And that's the name of God basically to describe um, the, the fact that God is um, he's infinite. He's unending, that he's, he's always been and He always will be. And so He says, I am who I am. And that is, I believe, something we need to confess over our lives when we ha are hit with doubts about the year, we're hit with doubts of, of fear or, or different things that come against us. Because you might say, God, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And God's response is the same. That's what I love about it, is that He says, I am your hope. God, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this situation. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this part of my life, but God says, I am who I am. And I believe that He's saying that to you tonight, that you can get your hope back again. You can get your expectancy back again. <laughs> In fact, some of the things, I'm not saying that God causes bad things to happen, but what I am saying is that some of the things that chased you, some of the things that were thrown at you in 2021 were set up for what's gonna take place in your 2022. And some of the things that ran after you, if they never ran after you, you never would have run deeper into the throne room, into the presence of God where He had a deeper revelation and a deeper hope He wanted to build on the inside of you. Some of the things that the devil or life throws against us, God can turn around for His goodness. So why should you have hope? It's not because in 2022 or when you follow Jesus, there'll never be any troubles or any tribulations. That's not why. Why should you have hope? It's not because you have what it takes and you'll always feel like you have what it takes. That's not why. But I wanna to propose to you tonight, even though you don't know what 2022 looks like yet, and even though I don't know what your 2022 looks like yet, I wanna to propose to you tonight that God's goodness will always outweigh the difficulties and the tribulations of life. And that is a promise you can hold fast to. And that is a promise you can lean on. And that is a hope that you can lay hold of in your life. 
that the things that come against you, God's goodness ultimately will outweigh it. He says, I am who I am. And um, the keys could come as I, as I finish up tonight. I, um, there's a story in the Bible of this son and he, uh, he goes to his father and Jesus tells this story. He goes to his father and he says, um, he says, Dad, I want my inheritance, which is kind of like saying, I wish you were dead so I could have your money. It's, it's very disrespectful. And he said, I, I want my inheritance. I want to be able to do what I want with my money on my timeline. And so he runs off with his, his dad gives it to him and he runs off with his dad's money. And um, the Bible says that he, he wastes it on riotous living or wild living, the Bible says in some translations, that he, he takes his dad's money and he spends it sinning and, and doing all things under the sun that are against what his father wanted him to do. The Bible says a famine hits the land. And so a famine comes and he gets to this place where he actually, he's out of money. The, the bread dries up. <laughs> and so he has to go to work for somebody and, and serve them. And what happens is he ends up actually working. And in Jewish culture, by the way, this is like the lowest of the low because he was working in a pigsty. And so he starts serving somebody working with pigs. And, and like I said, Jewish culture, this is like the lowest of the low. You talk about hopelessness and you talk about despair. That's a picture of it right there. And so he sits in this pigsty. And, and I can imagine the son reflecting and, and, and thinking about different stuff. And, and I shouldn't have done that. And my dad's gonna kill me. I, I, I can't even come back to him now. But and he starts consulting his past and he starts consulting his failures and he starts consulting the, the hand that he's been dealt. But I love what he does at a certain point. At a certain point, he gets to this place where he says, he, he gets an idea. And, and I believe that, that you could also translate it like he got his hope back. Because <laughs> he gets this idea that, that maybe what I'll do is I'll go back to my father. And, and even though it feels hopeless right now, I'll go back to my father and, and, and I'll, I'll ask him if I can work for him as a servant. I won't even be called a son. I'll just, I'll work for him as a servant. And so at some point he says, I'm gonna do that. So he gets up and he goes out to, to find his father and to come back to him. And what happens in that place is as, as a response to the hope that he has, he goes back to his father and, and, and the Bible doesn't say this. It doesn't say that he had to knock on the door for an hour and beg to get let into the house. It doesn't say that. It doesn't even say that the father answered the door. In fact, it says that when he was still a great way off, that the father ran out to meet him and he embraced him while he's still a great way off. And what I love about that, it has, it has nothing to do with what the son did or didn't do or how good or bad he was, but it has everything to do with the goodness of the father that he ran back to. And can I tell you tonight, no matter what place you're in or what, what area of your life you're in right now, maybe you'll walk with God for a long time or, or maybe you haven't. I believe that God has greater things in 2022 for you. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, you feel like that son and you feel like you're really, you're in a pigsty and you don't feel like you have a lot of hope and it's, it's been hard this year or 2021, I should say. Maybe you're in this place and you don't know the name of Jesus and you don't know God. I wanna tell you tonight that just like that story of the son that ran back to the father, God is not, um, He's not waiting for you to come back so He can curse you or condemn you or that He can point the finger at you. In fact, I believe God's heart so much more is actually that His arms are wide open and He wants you to come home, that He wants to embrace you. Ephesians says this, at least it's Ephesians 2, to four. I like the way it puts it. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, in other words, sin, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. See, at the core of Christianity, it's, it's never about how good we can be. In fact, other religions or belief systems, they might tell you um, that if you do enough good stuff or if you adhere to a set of rules, then you can earn God's favour. 
and you can earn salvation. But what the Bible teaches is at the time when, it, when this was um, around, it actually was revolutionary. That, that not only do we not have to work our way to salvation, but that God worked His way down to humanity through the cross. That He actually, the Bible says that He, for the agony and, and for the joy set before Him, He endured the agony of the cross. That He took nails in His hand, He wore a crown of thorns on His head. And while He did it, He thought of you. You know, one of the things that gives me hope is, is actually that there is a future hope that I have and every Christian has, and that's the hope that this earth, this, this place we live right now where things go wrong and where life happens, it's not it. This is not the final destination for us as, as Christians, that there's actually a better place, a place called heaven. And when you believe upon Jesus, when you receive, you don't have to, you don't have to say magic words, but when you receive the gift and call upon the Name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says you will be saved. And not only are you saved from the hopelessness of life here, but you have a future hope that will carry on into the next life. And that when you go to be with Jesus, the Bible says that He'll wipe away every tear from your eye, that He'll come and He'll make you His own and we'll be able to sit in a perfect place called heaven. And not only is that true, but that also means that the opposite is true. And I'm not saying this to, to hellfire brimstone scare you, but that means that hell is also a real place. And that's not a place, the Bible says that it's, it's God's will that none would perish. But the reality is that every good thing comes from God. And so when you choose God, when you choose to receive Him, you simultaneously transition to His goodness. But when you don't receive God and you have no part of Him, then you actually end up in a place separated from Him for eternity. And God didn't want you to go there to the point where He died on a cross so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven and so that we could be made completely new and completely whole. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes in this place? Father God, I thank You so much for every person in this room. God, there are people in this place who are low on hope. There are people in this place who are in, in, a, in a place of despair. And I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you'd begin to restore their hopes. You'd begin to just, you, your, your Word says you're the God of hope. I thank you that you have hope emanating from who you are. And I pray you just pour out hope on every single person, God, regardless of what the pastors look like. As they step into 2022, God, their eyes would be on you. Their hopes would be in you. And if you're in this place, I wanna ask you with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're in this place and you actually don't know Jesus, but you say, tonight's my night, in, in January 2nd, 2022, I wanna know Jesus, I wanna enter into a relationship with God. Can I tell you, this is the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. It's not a light decision, but it's a decision to follow Jesus. And it doesn't mean you have to know all the Bible or have everything figured out, but it means that you say, I, I wanna follow Jesus tonight. I wanna put my hand up and say, I wanna actually get to know this Saviour and I actually wanna give my life to Him. He loves you so much. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I don't believe it's an accident that you're here. And so with every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you in this place, I wanna to count to three. And if you're in this place, say, I wanna receive Jesus tonight. I wanna be saved. If that's you, I'd love for you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, He loves you so much. Two, three, if that's you, just give me a wave where you are. Just raise your hand nice and high if that's you. As I look from the left to the right, all across this place. Is anyone in this place, you say, I wanna make a decision to follow Jesus tonight. So good, I see that hand, amazing. It's great, great decision. I just wanna wait one more moment as I look from the left to the right. Awesome. Father God, we thank You so much for that hand that was raised. But we thank You more than a hand that was raised, God, that was an eternity that was altered and a life that was changed. We thank You, God, that You're making them a new creation right now, that You're redeeming them, You're restoring them, and their hope is now in You. They're a Christian. And we thank You, God, that You'd fill them with Your Spirit and You'd help them on this journey to get to their next. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen. Can we celebrate real quick that decision? So good. That's amazing. Um, so good. Hey, if you did make that decision, 
um, I would, would love for you to do some things and it'll, it'll be on the screen behind me. We'd love you to keep coming to church, number one, is that this is a place where we love you, accept you, and we wanna, um, we wanna know more about you and actually connect with you. And so keep coming back to church every week and also find your people. We um, do things called life groups here and it's, it's basically how we connect during the week. And so if you go out to the lounge, there's some people just there on the room and you can chat to them and, and actually have a chat to them about what life group you can get connected in. It's how we do life together and learn about God together. Um, and the final thing is start growth track. Our growth track is basically this fast track to understand the faith and understand Jesus and also His church. And so we encourage you to do that as well if you made that decision.